You're listening to How You Create with Ben Terry. I'm trying to think through, is 2023 the year where everyone thought they were going to make a lot of money as a creative? And then mm. we're all like facing the reality, not just creatives, it seems like everyone, everyone's facing the reality that like 2020 to 2023, like leading up to 2023, everything was booming. And then at the end of last year, we started to see like things started to feel like they were tightening down. Cause like we kind of went through that, like you only need a thousand true fans and you can like live off of, you know, selling an NFT or getting a thousand subscribers on Substack, And when people have a lot of disposable and even e-commerce businesses, like the last podcast I talked with Tyler and he was saying how hard retail has been in 2023 after the boom in 2020 and 2021 when people were home and were buying things. So does that feel relevant? What's, what's y'all's take as creatives working with organizations and agencies? Like how do y'all feel about profit and money and trying to make it this year? What's the vibe? I'm pro money and profit. Totally. I think everyone <laughs> listening to this is like, yeah, no, I mean, creating <coughs> is like trying to get value. Inflation. So. Yeah. I mean, the inflation's real. Yeah. So and you I think, feel like inflation's playing a big part. Oh my gosh. Like the costs of everything. Well, especially is going when up. We're, what we're talking about on some of these lifestyle businesses and selling things that are not necessities. If it's not a necessity right now, 2021 people had cash. Yeah. Signing up for subscriptions, sub stacks, no problem. So now that's the first thing they're going to cut. So Josiah, when you're thinking about the zine with you and your wife, are you thinking about this as like a side hustle money-making opportunity or like when you think about creating those things and the audience that you're building, like where does money factor in it? If at all. Yeah. I think it's more of a long-term thing. Like the money is not really going to be there to make a zine, you know, like we're going to sell it for 15 bucks whatever, yeah. and make maybe seven yeah um off of that so long term i think the goal is to like create a brand around it um and release products a cookbook eventually like five years down the road um yeah i don't know why not think about it as we're going to put this out and we're going to make money off of i mean that'd be great i would so it's it's at least in the mindset but you're hedging your bet by saying it's more of a it's more of a creative a creative uh, outlet endeavor yeah. right now. Pays yeah. to be patient. Do you think it would change how you create it if the goal was more of like, we're going to make money? We're, yeah. We want to try to bring money in. I think we'd probably And is that for done. better or for worse? <laughs> um, that's a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean. It feels like a taboo question within creatives to think about. Every other business is like, oh, we're going to put this out, not because we just love it, and it solves a problem, but because money. we're also going to make money off yeah. of it as well, too. But um, there's something about the creative side. You can't sacrifice I do this the brand. As well. I do this as That's well, where it's like yeah. I want to hedge people thinking I'm only out to make money, but it's not necessarily one or the other. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that was our goal to make money and we knew we were going to, we probably would have already put it out. But since we're so particular about it and the goal is like long term, I think we haven't done it yet because we really want it to be like perfect. Yeah, it's Which, also your your all's art. Yeah, it's it's an it's an artistic endeavor too. It is, but 
I know I've, I've wrestled with this a lot as well too. Of like how many stories do you hear of people saying I'm waiting to make sure it's perfect before I get it out. And then that's when I'll start making. Yeah. How many stories do you hear like that? It's a balance, Lots. right? You got to ship it. Yeah. Like I it, it does seem, I mean, I'm saying this to myself as well. Cause I fall into that camp of like wanting to get it right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm on the opposite. And bit. you're on the I'm opposite, like, which is why Tim and I were always like, let's ship it, like get it yeah. out. Let's ship ASAP. it. But like how many stories do you hear? I feel like the stories at least that bubble to the surface are more of like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just went and did it and put it out there and people responded to it. Right place, right time. Right place, right time. There's a lot of luck involved that people who are successful don't admit to. But give me some examples, and obviously I'm putting us on the spot, of like where someone's story was, I waited and waited and perfected and perfected and tweaked and tweaked, and then I put it out. Steve Jobs. That's true. I think he was asking for a personal story. <laughs> that's true. Well, did Steve Jobs? I'm trying to think if that's like, I mean, Steve ob- obviously had a ton of funding, a ton of like a bunch of teams where he could be demanding of like, go and execute this and work all night. Uh, Which his son just started a new fund, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway. That is so random. Uh, but yeah, it'd be a good question of like what his perfection versus shipping yeah mentality kind of was i'm way on the and that's a tech product yeah yeah it kind of has to be yeah perfect yeah yeah the execution side now if you were to put a zine out and the book didn't fold like you could turn the page well because it fell apart like (laughs) that would be that would not go over well (laughs) yeah andrew how does that make you sit with you because i feel like you're also like i'm gonna get it right until i put it out yeah i don't know i'm I've been reading Rick Rubin's book and he actually has a lot to say about this topic. And I'm trying to remember what he, mm-hmm. what he said. Yeah. Um, but he just has like these things divided up into different like stages, like, um, like the seed stage and then there's the crafting stage. And then, um, I don't know. I think you've got to have a process. Yeah. You got to have a process on how you create. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. Shout out to the. <laughs> He's getting paid to say. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, but I think as a like, if I'm like, not what, like, what advice are you giving Josiah? If I'm not happy with it, like, yeah, I'm not putting it out. I like, I can't sacrifice like my artistic integrity, I guess, or creative integrity mm-hmm. to put something out that you know it could make us money. Yeah, but like. If I'm not happy with it, like it has my name attached to so it. So let's you do this. This is going to put you on the spot. Oh, no. How do you define your artistic integrity? Oh. If that is the qualifier yeah. to determine whether to put something out or not, how do you define like when you've reached that or haven't reached that? Yeah. I think it's different for everyone. Well, of course. But I'm asking you. My yeah personally yeah well you just used it as like it's got to reach so like the show you just did yeah you have you're showing some work mm-hmm. how did you determine that meets your artistic integrity yeah to kind of put out was there yeah. a aha moment or are we ultimately just throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks with people or not yeah um well one was just like a very 
I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I feel like there's one, like, a very superficial aspect of the actual, like, prince. Yeah. Like, I was Got to get that right. Yeah. Again, back to yeah. the technical aspect of, yeah. in a zine, the pages have to turn. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So that aspect, totally agree. Yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Did I already say that? Yeah. Tim said there, but there Tim was. Tim said there is. Well, so. I'm a big proponent of more shots on goal, mm. more iteration, more messing up and failure yeah. equals is better than less perfect work. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a big proponent of like pick a date arbitrarily. We have to ship it yeah. and work as hard as you can to make it the best as possible in that time. But no matter what, something is going live or being published. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect, but then you can move on to the next thing and get feedback. Yeah. So then what's yeah. your artistic integrity? Doing the best I can in Within a the time, frame. time frame that I set my for myself. So I think part of that integrity is, is discipline to, to ship things. Okay. Yeah. So Andrew, get back in there and say what your artistic integrity is <laughs> outside of the quality of the prints. Yeah. Is it, is it, really like what you want to say am i saying what i want to communicate yeah. through this work? yeah that's is that probably and then yeah. it's a matter of like does that resonate with an audience enough to where they want to support or purchase yeah the thing in which you're trying to communicate or the question you're trying to ask through your art yeah somebody had a really good phrase the other day that art asks questions and designs our design solves problems hmm. and so i thought that was very fascinating of like sometimes we mix the two of those together like mm -hmm. um there's architecture that could ask questions and then there's architecture that just solves problems yeah and one's not necessarily better than the other yeah there's probably like a different sort of integrity within that piece as well too. i think it matters if you're mixing a for-profit or the marketplace into it into rick rubin's book which is great mm -hmm. and i recently read as well i mean he he says a lot of times your art there's very few people where the art and what you can do to make a lot of money and provide for yourself matches oh, yeah. up. Totally. Yeah. He's like, for a lot of people, you just need to go get another job Yeah. Mm -hmm. that you're happy with, that puts you in the right circles and do your art on the side. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, we know so many people, I mean, not that we're old men yet, but we are on the trend of like, we've seen so many of our friends who are artists who have created amazing work. Some of our favorite people who ha has taken them years to get to the place to decide, okay, now's the time to put the book out or mm -hmm. to create that product. And it's definitely one of those things where it's like, in hindsight, I wonder if they would say this now too, I should have just went ahead and put it out while I had the momentum in the middle of creating the work rather yeah. than waiting. But I mean, I'm, I'm in that same boat of, I will wait to get it right. And, and I wish I was more like you, Tim, of like, and that's why we've always been a good pair. You're just like, let's just set a date. Let's work toward it, towards it. Let's just get it out. And some of my better work has been the deadline yep. and the constraint. And it's felt better to look back and say, at least we tried it. At least we did it. We determined whether other people responded well to it. Yep. And then we'll iterate off of that. And yeah, so and at now the end each of the piece day, of work is is a better iteration of the previous one. And the hard truth is nobody cares about your art more than you do. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, 
But I'm also in a position where it's different, right? I came from a journalism background, right? So all, I was never self-publishing anything. Even working for a yeah. company, it was always for other people, other outlets. Mm-hmm. And so it was never necessary. I had restraints put on me. To get it out. And, that's, and I like that. Well, in our working relationship was always me i was kind of like the why guy and you were kind of like the how like, guy yeah but who cares yeah <laughs> where it was kind of like are we saying what we want to say is yeah. this communicating what we want it to say yeah and you were like it's yes it is could we make that better sure but it's better that we go ahead and just say something rather than never say anything at all yep yeah and i and, and i that just was like the good balance and i just between like checking us. things off the list that's true you i did find value in getting things done more so than making something perfect yeah i love getting it and perfect. that's a fault obviously nothing's gonna be perfect no right? but so it's, like, that's it's, the other thing that, so like that's what i that's mean that's the tension yeah. we live in though is we yeah. want it we want to get as close as For possible sure. on the oh, first yeah. try yeah you yeah know? i think and i think of, that's uh, why the artistic integrity language can be uh a handicap yeah for creatives to get work out mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm saying that to myself yeah you know yeah but that was the most frustrating part of working with ben he would he would think about one you can think about one thing one issue one piece of art one photo for like a long time mm-hmm. and i love to think <laughs> about it yeah and like, it, just, I love. it just empties my tank yeah yeah like i remember tim and i would have these conversations and i was just like it was like like fuel, like gas on a fire for me to just think about what this was trying to communicate or say. And I could just tell it was like draining Tim. <laughs> but on publish day, Tim was jazzed. Yeah. And I was just like in a nervous wreck of like, could we have like tweaked this or done this yeah. better? Uh, that's always yeah. kind of been the relationship. So honestly, like there's there's value in failing too, yeah. right? So like Rick you also- You gotta be open to it. Yeah, Rick says- uh, Failure is the information you need to get you to where you want to go. Man, this guy's so it's like quotes this morning. Like, that was a dir- that was he's a reader. Yeah, from the brain. I, I well, I rec- I recently wrote about this in my sub Substack. Okay, that we'll be releasing to ninety nine. Actually, to ninety nine ago. So, anyways, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, but when I read that, I was like, you know, I've never thought of failure as information. Yeah, you know, like it's just because you failed at something or it wasn't perfect when you shipped it out or whatever like that's like really valuable information oh it's so valuable and if we the moment we start recognizing that it's valuable the moment where it's like we're not going to be like discouraged well that's what i'm saying more shots on goal yeah but you have to have a safe environment yeah yeah you have to have a community where it's like created it's created an atmosphere where you feel safe yeah or at least you have people around you that make you feel safe to put that work out. Mm-hmm. I feel like community is always one of the things that's kind of missing within the creative process. And it's like probably one of the more fun questions that I like to ask people now is like, who's in your like network where you can bounce things off of or get honest feedback if this was actually good or not. Yeah, You'll get a lot of sure. people who'll see your work who don't understand it and get it and want to support you as an individual, but you never really know, was this good or not? Yeah. <laughs> Which is part of the reason why yeah. we kind of wanted to do proofs or prints. What do we call it? Prints and proofs? Pints. And well, pints we, tra- and we dropped the pints to make oh. it more inclusive of people who didn't oh. drink. But prints out. and proofs was part of that concept of like, we don't know any cho- we don't know each other. 
let's just like look at the work and kind of provide feedback to that sort of thing. Because I do think that's Mm -hmm. how do you get the shots on goal? How do you get the feedback you need or the information you need to improve? Like you have to have a certain environment of people willing to kind of give you that information at the same time too. So it's, it's interesting how you have to like turn all these different knobs and create all these different atmospheres to be able to get that information. So with half, like a quarter of the year left, is that right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And the things you want to kind of do in 2023, knowing that financially it's been a hard year for everyone. It's planning. Season. Knowing it's, so you're planning for 2024. You're like Personally, already counting your losses. No, no, but we're, you know, we got three quarters of data. Yeah. It's time to look at what we did right, look what we did wrong. Yeah. And yeah. It's We're planning for 2024. Um, so what are, you, what are you going hard in work creative wise for you personally with like three months left? Well, this is selling season. Yeah. This is the time everybody's doing. Planning. So you work at an agency. Work at an agency. Brand agency. Yeah. And so this is just, it's just the time where people make decisions. They're making their budget. They either have a budget they need to use up for this year or they have a they're planning for their budget for next year. Yeah. So it's a good time to help people make those decisions. Yeah. So it's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Josiah for you and the newsletter. I mean it does seem like I don't know what the numbers are behind the scenes, but it seems like what uh your wife and you are doing with um is it ceremony? Ceremonial. Ceremonial. There's there's a little bit of a cult following starting mm-hmm. around it. And so it seems like you have a growing audience. What what would you like to do outside of this? Is it just the zine before the end of the year? I think the zine will be starting next year. Yeah. So she's going to do another. She does ice cream drops every now and then. So she's going to make like 40 or 50 ice cream pints yeah. um, in October. Like fall flavors. And then other goals would be like hosting dinner parties or different events. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So let me ask you this. <laughs> Why not turn on the pay for the recipe feature yeah. in Substack? What would stop you from like, cause y'all you're creating awesome pictures. She's creating awesome content. Why not turn on the pay to play feature? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, what gives you, what grinds your gears hearing that? <laughs> and what gets you excited about that idea? I mean, obviously the money would be great, but I don't know how many people would actually do it. And then like the value of like a free thing that people can read every week. I, I just think that outweighs the money mm-hmm. right now. And I feel like it can, it can really build into something else if, yeah. it's, if it's free first. Yeah. So, um, but, it's hard to photograph ice cream. Make it look it good. is. Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's really good, though. You guys. Well, you got a time stamp. It melts so yeah. fast. Yeah. Here's true. the other thing I'm thinking, though, is like that's how like stock images took off. Yeah. Was it was better to make it free and affordable because of the reach than it was to like set the price on Twitter. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's not necessarily a critique because I don't. I mean, how you create's free, and I've always thought. Yeah, through, I like, think that's a stra- that's a great strategy. I feel like these are our better episodes. Hold on, these should start to be like people don't pay to listen. Yeah, to that's right. <laughs> we should start making these like. Then paid why episodes. am I that's sending money to you? Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm thinking through the same thing of like, why don't we just turn that on? Why don't we just 
get the data and the information of what worked and what didn't work so we can always say okay we're going to go back to free the counter argument to that is there is some psychology around if it is if it costs something yeah somebody else right next to you has an ice cream brand it's free yeah well it's more than ice cream what they're doing no but i'm just saying yeah a substack a, uh, a subscription if one costs money it could be perceived as being more valuable or oh, becomes yeah, totally. more valuable oh, yeah. because it costs money. Yeah. yeah. Not to put you on the spot and y'all, y'all can decide what you want to do. And I think, I mean, I'm benefiting from it being free, no doubt, but I would probably also pay like five bucks yeah. to kind of see as well. But it's like, I Prove feel it. like, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I pay. So this is the other thing. Is, ben is king of subscription. That is true. I was actually, uh, talking with someone the other day they said newsletters are dead and i was like really i'm probably paying like 25 or 30 bucks a month and just like newsletter subscriptions and so i'm like man if it's dead i am keeping it alive i think there's a little truth there yeah um but speaking of newsletters josiah and his wife's newsletter um i yeah i'm kind of curious like how you could like just flip that on yeah you we've know. gone back and forth like every month, but we've just we've stayed with with what we're doing for now. Yeah, um, or you could do the freemium, free and a premium. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like Bifurcated. I'm even thinking like, she does the. Are you guys do like the photos and the breakdown of like what you created, but the recipe? You have to pay for that. You have to pay right. for that. You yeah. know, like there's little things like that to. I bring it all up to just say the money and the creative effort is so taboo and we never want to make it about the money, but the money is the only thing that allows you to keep doing it. Now you don't want the money to blind what you create. And I think that's what you're going into the artistic integrity is like, yeah, yeah. if it is art, then you are questioning things and you don't want the money to be the, the bias as to things you create. That's how we got Instagram influencers was they started creating things that they'll say is art, but isn't really art. It's just spawn con to get the bag. And I think we're going to see similar to how we saw in music in the early days, this like switch from doing mainstream spawn con stuff to wanting to go back to indie, like rage against the machine. Who's creating like really interesting things that kind of switch. I think we'll probably start seeing that in the next couple of like months and years for sure. But anyways, any other thoughts on money, artistic integrity? I feel like that was a, Do I have any guys? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I've never thought of myself as an artist. That's true. I mean, you're, you were a journalist, you were a photographer, a great one. And, but you never had any interest in doing a show. I did a couple shows, but, um, no, I just wanted to imprint. Yeah. Or on, on a computer screen. You're always a photographer. Yep. Once a yeah. photographer, always. Well, he was in a band <laughs> back in the day. Uh, Drummonds. I might I might pick back up some. Once a drummer, always a drummer. Right. That's right. That's true. I'm I'm in the same boat of like this year. There's like, I'm probably just going to need to just get it out. Like publish the thing that I'm doing. And what then are you working on? Just kind of like, I mean. The thing that I've been working on for the past two years is figuring out a way to get more money into the hands of artists and doing that in a way that's democratized and not centralized to high wealth individuals. 
those people are great and have been doing great <laughs> things over the years. And if you want to support, keep listening to support the podcast. this, yeah. <laughs> if you're a high wealth individual who's listening to this podcast, Lord knows, support your boy. Uh, I basically want to like put money into the hands of creatives and then those creatives then put money into the hands of emerging artists. Um, and so the route in which I was doing that was like a more centralized approach of like going to individuals to buy into that mission. And I think the phase that I'm in through the rest of this year is like, okay, maybe I'll just go back to the crowd, like other people who are interested in supporting emerging artists and it creates a network, basically like all the things I've done over the past 10 years, that's all culminating into this one idea of how do I create a creative network, creative support, creative financing, all these different things that if you're in this group, you're, it's going to help you and it's going to help others. Creatives win, we win. That sort of mentality. I love it. Yeah. But I've got That's a, a no-brainer. I've tried to do it where I get it perfect and remove all uh, issues. And it's created probably more issues than it's helped in some ways. So now I'm just going to default to like, Ship okay, the MVP. Let's, just, let's just get it out there and whatever happens, happens. And we'll just give whatever money away however much we raise or whatever. So that's kind of where yeah. I'm at right now. Nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of high net worth individuals, should we talk about what everybody wants us to talk about, which is Taylor Swift? Well, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it. I mean, I'll go on the record and say, I hate the chiefs, <laughs> the football hey, team, man. like what, what a mess of an organization <laughs> and a football team. Like it's just painful. Do you hate the chiefs or do you hate Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, I think everything kind of like related into that world. I mean, it's like, and now that we've got to put on the Taylor Swift stuff on top of Travis Kelsey and the Mahomes family, and it's just like such a distraction. There's and a it, lot going on in that organization. It just proves even further my belief that the NFL, NFL is scripting this entire <laughs> season, even more so. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And you think this is. A part of the Netflix uh, quarterback season two. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Kelsey has his own documentary. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift is probably thinking I've got to create new songs and like what better way than to like create new songs about a terrible relationship that it probably will be. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Dolphins scored 70 points. 70. I know this isn't a sports podcast, but the Dolphins scored 70 points on Sunday and nobody cares because Taylor Swift... <laughs> Oh, I That's know. True. Uh, but I want to get Andrew's opinion on this because he didn't <laughs> know he doesn't know who Travis Kelsey is. I don't know who anybody is. It, is. Is is this going to make you watch football? No. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's like the like highest Taylor. watched game of all time. Well, I mean, people are buying like Kelsey jerseys like at a crazy rate. All right. the Swifties have. I mean, I don't even know if we want to talk about it anymore because I don't want the Swifties to like come on to this. I like, mean, it's a good way to get listens. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think it's like a, it's, it's definitely, it's kind of like Kanye level. Like, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? I'm pro love, you know, I wish them success. No doubt. But it's, is it love? That's my thing. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, uh, the other thing to think about is I kind of wanted to get y'all's take on recently Getty images came out that they're going to have an AI powered image generator. Hmm. And so I kind of wanted to hit on a little bit. I think Josiah just threw up in the corner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've seen some friends start posting about how much they hate how Getty is kind of doing this as well, too. And so I'm kind of curious our take on, like, 
crypto, AI, NFTs, like this is the tech of the of the day. And is it dead? Is it coming? Like, are we arms length away? Any hot, any hot opinions or subjects or like, or is the position to just not care at all and to just stay away from it and become irrelevant or more relevant one way or the other? I feel like it's lazy to not have an opinion. Would be my take. Well, we better hear them, boys. Yeah. <laughs> it would basically be like you already saying, know my opinion. It'd basically be like saying like I'm not going to use the iPhone because the iPhone's killing photographers. The iPhone's the only reason killing. I can still call myself. A and people would say like, yeah, the iPhone is like what democratized photography in a lot of ways. Yeah. You can't even tell the difference between someone who's shooting on an iPhone and a real camera most of the time, especially because they're posting it on social. You packaged a lot t- together there, but in general, that's all I do. If you're saying tech is tech crypto, bad. NFTs, AI, I'm saying choose your poison. I'm, I'm just saying, like I'm saying, I'm saying bad. You're saying all bad. <laughs> I'm a ludite. All bad. I think we'd all be better off without without. I think. I now, think overall, question, those specific technologies bad. Yeah. Agreed. Like if the if the option is like to have the tech or not have the tech. Of course, not having the tech will probably be better off. No, I don't think anyone would say, but like the tech is here. So that, like, that's an irrelevant kind of response. Because I mean, it's like, NFTs it's here. aren't here for long. Yeah, they're, they're done. They're gone. I, the, the way they've kind of been used, I think they're done. I don't think the technology is done. Right. Yeah. My main concern specifically to that case is... Um, originality or in plagiarism Mm -hmm. where are the like where are those pixels coming from like they're not if i don't know enough about how it works so i i am just shooting in the dark but i don't know how um it's generating original work yeah well you got to think you know like some of the images you see in on like shutterstock or stock photos in general like there's whole like twitter accounts dedicated to the weird photos that were created in stock images some photographer got paid to shoot that. So whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. But this seems like the argument has been AI is bad for creatives because it reduces, you know, people getting paid to shoot. So the question is, is it better for an AI to create those really bad images that everyone makes fun of? Or is it better that even though those images are bad, at least some photographer or creative got paid to shoot them? <laughs> so I was like I don't even want to touch that, it. They didn't get paid to shoot them. AI generated them. No, I don't think AI generated those bad photos over the years. Do you know which photos I'm talking no. about? It's like you, there are Twitter accounts where it shows like really bad stock images of people in a boardroom. Oh, you're just talking oh, about stock yeah, images. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's what Getty is. It's like a stock. But image I thought you were provider. saying Getty is cre- there. They have an AI tool that's just making up stock images. They, they will. Yeah. But that's no one's taking they, that picture. That's what they just released. And no one's taking that picture. That's what I'm talking about. But so the question... Oh, I'm all pro made. stock. I'm all bad boardroom <laughs> stock photography. Yes. Absolutely. AI boardroom stock photography, bad. Okay. And why? Because I don't and think... I haven't it, said one's better than the other. I'm just asking, like, is it better for the person who's really bad at doing the boardroom stock photography? Because I don't think AI can originate original content out of nowhere. I think it's stealing from somewhere. Well, that's true. It's an iteration of things right. That so have it's, already been it's created. plagiarism, I think. But how many times do we pe- we hear people say, "No 
new work is actually new work. There's no original, We're talking about humans. <laughs> yeah. But if there is no original new thought, I'm just playing devil's advocate. So why create art anymore and your now point, that AI exists? Well, AI, our art is different. I mean, the, the, the Shutterstock images is purely like, I need an image of a female in the boardroom doing a lecture yeah. to a group of people. And there's probably like a team of, of creatives in Getty or Shutterstock who are brainstorming those scenarios. And they're, they're hiring a photographer to go and shoot that, maybe 500 bucks for the day. But it's an original piece of work. That's where I'm... Yeah. The, he actually pressed the camera or designed yeah. the room. And this is where I'm above... And they got I'm, paid 500 bucks to kind of create that image right. that now becomes an image that's either used or made fun of on the internet. Perfect. And so the question then is, is it better or worse that an AI can reproduce that in a more efficient, cost-effective, and still generate the same outcome? Worse. <laughs> Be better for Getty, worse for yeah. creative. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'm torn, But to be honest. <laughs> this is where I'm, a, I'm, I'm treading water on my tech knowledge. Yeah. But, like, I just don't – someone call into the show next week and let <laughs> me know how it comes up with – pixels that haven't been created before that it's, it's not pulling from somewhere else somewhere else so like yeah no it's definitely like taking images that already exist. and that's my problem yeah it's but stealing. i mean but back to the point of like original work how many times are you having a mood board i mean let's take for example yeah but it'd be like taking your mood board and putting making it into collage and then selling it yeah i mean like if you look at like all the fashion shoots from like the past year, they were all an iteration of like Amelie Andor's mood board and style. Iteration is different than stealing. But is it stealing or no. is it still inspiration? It's inspiration. This is easy. <laughs> what if the photographers talk about? It? I know. There's I'm not a photographer anymore. I'm I selling know. my last tripod. Do y'all have any take on this? I feel like Andrew, you should have a take on this, but you seem very quiet. Like you don't want to touch it. He's scared to say he's pro AI. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not pro AI. Because you don't want to shoot yeah. those shots. I don't. Yeah, I'm trying gotcha. to. I'm trying to figure the out the same way. Like it's actually the stealing. same way. Like tech has like replaced certain jobs that people didn't want to do, that were low yeah. paying. That's the same scenario, and so we just have to iterate from that. I think that's the harsh reality of like AI is going to happen. It's going to replace some jobs. You got to figure out how to iterate with it. Would be my hot take on it. Yeah. Does it suck? Of course. The reason I think photographers like Andrew Josiah shouldn't fret too much right now is that you can tell what is stock photography for most yes. brands, which is why I'm totally okay with. And the one AI of the first recommendations, it. a lot of times we have coming in working on someone's website or storytelling is like, look. You can tell these images are stock and it's hurting your brand. Like you got to invest in. Mm -hmm. So like whether they're, I mean, until you really can't tell if it's stock. Yeah. Which I haven't seen. I think there's still going to be value in um, a real photographer. I yeah. don't think, I don't think photography as even as much as like AI advances and things. I mean, I don't think photography is ever going to, go anywhere like 
like disappear. I don't think it's gonna hurt photographers just because like AI is always pulling from stuff that's yeah. already happened. AI is never gonna be yeah. relatable. Yeah, it's never oh, gonna be relatable. Oh, totally. And if, if you even if you're thinking about like journalism, like you know photojournalism or something mm-hmm. like that, like AI is never gonna be able to do that just because. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's impossible. But well, I think of it as like there's like a robot photojournalist. <laughs> what's your post production like? <laughs> New York Times. Like, on that. <laughs> I'm yeah. always curious of like what's post production like for pho- like how many photographers are outsourcing post production versus just using the computer to help enhance uh, coloring, you know, lighting, all those different things. Like, I feel like it's a small market of folks who are really good at post production and get outsourced to like take a photographer's photo and do the post-production side of their work. And the computer's already limited that field by allowing photographers to just hit a couple of buttons to help make the image better. Is that the same argument or is that like... You're saying like, is a filter AI? Well, I'm just saying, did filters and did like Lightroom and other tools like that replace some of the people you would typically hire out to do your post-production work on your photos? Yeah, totally. And so no one got up in arms about that because it empowered the individual to not have to pay as much money out. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm just like, everything is moved by money. And sometimes creatives can be too idealistic about how much money moves them mm-hmm. versus just like being honest about it. And then just, just trying to figure out how to like, that's why it's great to their, like, it's a tool. That's that why just it's needs great to, to go sell life insurance on the side. <laughs> But do you see my point in that aspect yeah. as well, too? Yeah. Like, you're never thinking how many, like, post-production creatives lost their jobs because we have filters and, you know, if anything, we saw you guys work at a film lab. Filters probably had some effect on the film industry of photography, but then people got tired of that style, so they've swung back to film. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how long that wave kind of lasts before they swing back to a new technology that kind of comes back the, around. Or did the technology of filters and the increase in post-production ease there actually create? It might actually. Yeah. I think that's a fair point because these tech companies, I mean, Visco is a great example where they were emulating off of the actual stock film. Yep. And people realized, oh, I actually like that style. I wonder what it looks like to actually do that yep. in real form. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I I wouldn't get like all up in arms. But about likewise, it. if AI photography or generation becomes more popular, there's going to be a certain group of people in the market that actually Josiah and Andrew become more valuable. Yeah. Well, this is why I think like you have to have an opinion on AI. You mm-hmm. have to like not having an opinion is lazy because it's going to be such a big thing. I feel like with any tech, NFTs, AI, the internet privacy and IP, like all those things you need to have an opinion on because it drives so much of what we do, you know? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're saying the open AI guys, like the new Oppenheimer. So should we be nervous about AI? Should we be informed about it? hundred percent. But, uh, what's the, what's the old saying about knowledge? Knowledge is power. I think that's right. Yeah. If you don't know anything about it, like you don't have any of the power. You don't have any of the the way to kind of move forward with it. All right, we'll get off we'll get off our tech side. All right, Tim's about to dip. He had a hard stop. 
So this is going to leave it's me an with, agent thing, you know, a contract. Dispute. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap this up with, um, let's talk about the, I want to talk about the new iPhone, iPhone 15. How many more can we continue to up update any opinions on it? I will say it's a good example of why you shouldn't get something right the first time because it's just more opportunities to sell. Oh yeah. You, well, you it's know, it's always upselling. Well, Apple had the iPhone 15 ready to go five years ago, but that didn't make sense <laughs> to release it now. We got to slowly drain people's battery over five years. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, at this point, do people even care when the new iPhone comes out? Like, are any of you guys upgrading? Do you upgrade every year? No. No. Not in this economy. <clears throat> no. Yeah. And do you care about what type of iPhone you get based off the camera? I did. Does that go into your? I did, but now process? I feel like the twelve is like I have. I think I have like the twelve. It's like three years old. I'm like, that's good enough. Yeah. Um. Do you guys care at all about the camera on yeah, the iPhone? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think the uh they had some video stuff. Yeah. On the new one, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And I'm I'm really interested in that. And I think the addition of like I think it's like auto portrait mode or something on some of the images it will do so you don't have to switch into portrait mode. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good feature because I think some of the best photos that come out of the iPhone tend to be in portrait mode in like the natural light setting. I, I think this is actually a really... And you can turn that on and off even in post-production. So it's almost like you should just always shoot in that because you can't do it the other way. You can't shoot a regular photo on the iPhone and then turn it into portrait mode, I don't think. Or well, maybe with the new upgrade you can. I was going to say, all the this conversation just points out you could make the case that photography is the most important thing that is selling yeah. new iPhones as far as yeah. tech upgrades. Oh, hundred percent photography and video for sure. Which is speaks to the importance of the why craft. Do you, why but do you think also, that is? Well, I was going to say really it's a, it's a camera that can make phone calls mm -hmm. where it used to be a phone that could take some pictures. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always been photography and video has been driving that device and like for the iPad it's typically like designers and illustrators are get drawn to the iPad and then computers is all like dev business education sort of stuff yeah I mean the iPhone is like I mean it's even like when snapchat used to say that it's not social media it's a photo company yep I mean, content is king it, but to your it's because everybody's constantly consuming and creating content mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's the most important thing man so much content that's you're creating content hey yeah. let me ask you this are you guys how do you rise above creators? the noise are you guys content creators so you have artists who are asking the yes. question why <laughs> you've got designers asking uh how to solve a problem and you've got content creators who are like how many views can i get is is how i feel how i see it yeah, yeah. that's not that's not a negative thing that's just like if you had to boil it down yeah I create, I, I think it's fun to create content, you know, quote totally. unquote content. Like it's fun to just put out little things yeah. that you enjoyed making like little reels or, or whatever. Like I'm not going to like try to do that all the time just cause it's can be exhausting, but you know, every now and then like it's fun to just do stuff. So. Oh, it's totally yeah. fun to create content. Yeah. I mean, I think people want to digest it. They want it. It's just a hamster wheel if you make your whole life around it. Exactly. You yeah. have to kind of keep creating it, and that's like it's a mean, we're all we're all in a hamster wheel to one shape yeah. or form. 
Yeah. It's just what what kind of hamster wheel and what kind of strings attached do you feel most comfortable with doing on a day to day basis? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The algorithm like if Josiah starts starts uh, charging people for his Substack, like he's gonna be in a hamster wheel of like de- deliver value to those to yeah. that audience every time. Yeah. I mean, that's just more money, more problems. That's right. <laughs> they meant no money, no uh, no money, more problems too. It's like <laughs> you got problems either way, whether yeah. you got it or you don't have it. It's just a different type of problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else within the creative side? I mean, this is coming out today, so this one's gonna be pretty fresh. We're going to do this every other week is the game. It's part of the plan. Uh, we'll do interviews on the off weeks. And then we've got prints and proofs coming up for photographers here in Louisville. Uh, so show up and show out. Bring some images. Sign up. I think we've already got like 25 people signed up. And they're all photographers. I don't think we have hardly any spectators right now. I'll yeah. sign up as a spectator. I'll be a spectator too. Yeah. Y'all don't have, you're not going to shoot work around movement? Wait, when is? I mean, I can't. Is it's it like a month week? from now. No. Oh, okay. I, is it next week? Does it have to be next original? I thought, does, or does it, it have it to could, be? It uh, could be next does week. it have to be new? No, it doesn't have to be new. It just we then, just yeah, we just thought like bring images more connected to the theme to help have like an easier uh, conversation around. Did you achieve the thing you were trying to communicate with movement? Yeah. So it's like open for interpretation. Yeah. I think you guys should totally shoot, ship it, ship it. see what happens so you don't have to overthink like it. The next one y'all do, you should do it where it has to be done in that month. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're encouraging people to create new work. Yeah, I think so. That's a good idea. You guys should definitely, we just talked about like shipping it. Y'all are definitely going to sign up as a photographer. You're going to show work. And then this time what we're going to do for feedback is we're actually going to have like post-it notes so you don't have to stand there and talk to people. People can just kind of look at the work write down notes and put it on the image it should be a good time